Hi, Shoujo Sunday fans. It's Chica Supreme here, and it's the fourth episode of Shoujo Sunday, and we are recapping Maid Sama. Right now, we are going to be going over episodes 10 through 12, so let's dig in. Where we left off, Mizaki was acting as Momotoro in the filler episode where she was trying to figure out where all the village girls were located, only to find out that they were on Uzui's demon island because they wanted to be there by choice and they were not kidnapped. And we all realize that this is actually just a big dream that Mizaki is having because she wakes up and she, I guess, just gets over the story. So that is where we left off, guys. So we are going to get into episode 10. So here is our soft serve summary. Sakura falls head over heels in love with Kuga Sakurai, who is the vocalist for the Yumi Meshi band, and wants Mizaki and Shizuku to join her at their upcoming tea party event. Mizaki sets aside time to spend time with her gal pals to support Sakura, but everything is not what it seems. The vocalist seems keen on Mizaki, not Sakura, and Mizaki is unsure how to break this news to her friend. How will Mizaki or actually Yuzui solve this problem? Plus, we learn about our favorite goons and the secret that they've been hiding themselves. So... Gianna, do you have any theme ideas? I do. I do have a theme idea. It's that if we don't know someone very well and we hold them up on a pedestal, the idolization of them we've created in our head may very well not be reality and we could end up with a broken heart. That is so poetic. I like that. It's so sad. I just, we'll get into it. Yes. I also had, if it seems too good to be true, then it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As for sprinkle on top, do you have any? I do actually. Okay. So my sprinkle on top would be the symbolism of the white rose. I found it interesting that they were going with the color white again, this time for the rose that Kuga gives to Sakura at the beginning of the episode, because that color is supposed to be tied to Misaki's character, and I kind of feel like they should have gone with another choice. It's super evident that Sakura is incredibly pure, and white would for sure be appropriate for that characteristic of her. But if Kuga was going to break her heart in the end, and the rose was from him, I don't think that white was the right color choice for them. A suggestion, I suppose, would be like a deep red, maybe, symbolizing like the dark undertones of the romantic gesture. But that's all the symbolism I saw. Right. You know, I also thought that the rose would be like a good symbol for the episode. Although I put that Romeo and Juliet quote, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So when Kuga threw the rose over to Sakura and it was a white rose, 
I was just like, oh, okay, like, she's so excited by it, but it could have been a rose. It really could have been anything. And she sort of has, like, these rose-colored glasses on because she's so in love with this guy. And he, spoiler alert, ends up being trash. So... Yeah. I thought it was like a good tie in. But then I guess to also respond to your to what you said about the rose, I think maybe if we do think about it on a deeper level, then maybe it is the right color because Kula ends up being attracted to Mizaki. And so since we know that white is we associate that color white with Mizaki, then it's like him throwing the white rose at Sakura. It's like, oh, foreshadowing that he's actually going to be into your friend. That's really interesting. That could be it for sure. I think I went a little too deep, though. But (laughs) I kind of like overanalyzing in that way. I really like that take. So now we're going to get into floats your boats. So we're going to talk about what we liked. So first off, I really appreciated the fact that Shizuku went with Sakura to the Umemeshi concert. And I think that it's always nice when friends, like when you know your friend is like super into something, but they don't want to go by themselves, that, you know, they're able to rely on their friend to go with them because they know it will make them happy. So I really liked seeing that at the start of this episode. Yeah, it's really sweet. I have some opinions about Shizuko in this episode, but the fact that she went... Oh, same. Oh, yeah. The fact that she went to the concert and was able to support Sakura in that instance was really nice to see. Yeah. And I also thought that, well, I mean, before we got to know everything, I thought it was nice that the band was, like, greeting their fans backstage. Mm -hmm. Although I did think about, like, security, like, where is it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, but um, I thought it was nice that they, like, greeted their fans. And so the next day they're at school and Sakura is so, so excited because first she was like watching the concert and it looked like Kuga was making eyes at her. Then he threw her that rose. And so she was just like, oh, he's talking to me. So she's so excited that she wants to have Mizaki go with her to this sort of, I say tea party event, but I feel like it's more of a meet and greet, to be honest, at this cafe and surprisingly Mizaki has decided to make time to actually go with them with Shizuku and with Sakura to this meet and greet which she normally like doesn't do because we all know that Mizaki is this intense workaholic and if she's not doing class president stuff she's at maid latte so it's nice to just see her like making an effort to be there for her friend Oh my gosh, absolutely. I loved when she was given the CD yeah. from Sakura and she was listening to it at home. Just the the image of Misaki listening to the band's music on a boombox on a CD gave me so much nostalgia Same. of like sitting on my bedroom floor with my CD collection after school, specifically the Jonas Brothers' It's About Time CD. <laughs> Well, it reminded me because she had her boombox because I was thinking about cassettes. Okay, so we're old enough that we dealt with cassettes. So like, Mm -hmm. I remember (laughs) I loved NSYNC so much. 
Uh-huh. My mom got me their album on a cassette tape, and I used to play it when she would be taking me to like school or we'd be driving around because she liked them too. I got so much nostalgia from that as well. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so I lo- I like that she was like, not only was she going to go to this event, she wanted to like listen to what her friend is interested in too. Like sometimes people sort of like, blow you off when it comes to stuff like that like oh i like this it's like oh that's cool i like this other thing and then it's like two ships passing in the night (laughs) but i really like that you know mizaki's making this effort yeah i'm kind of guilty of being that friend who it's like you'll send me a video link and i'm like i'll watch it but then i don't (laughs) i I never watch it i'm so sorry (laughs) no don't apologize i think it's only bad if you lie (laughs) it's like oh did you watch it and then it's just like well yes i did and i I like the colors like but that was a lie though because you didn't watch it like I think it's only bad if you lie oh yeah no I never lie people will be like I'll send you the video and then I'm just straight up like honestly I'm probably not gonna watch it but you can totally send it yeah <laughs> like maybe one day we'll get to it yeah when if I'm like really in the mood to check out a new thing like if my brain can take in any more new information <laughs> I'll watch this video yeah in all caps at the top of my notes I have Sakura is so cute, protect her at all costs. When she's just gushing with excitement to go to this meet and greet, because it really is essentially a meet and greet. You were you were right about the vibe of that. Her excitement is just so infectious. I feel like the creators really captured that innocent ecstasy leading up to a special day with your crush kind of thing. Very cute. So cute. Yeah, they caught her dedication. And I love like the sort of use of emoji. So you have like the hearts, you have the sparkles. Mm-hmm. She's just so happy. So like I fully got Mizaki like also getting caught up in Sakura's like excitement. Because I feel like at that point, like, you would just want to support her just to see, like, if it led to something more. I wouldn't say, like, I would assume, like, oh, it would lead to something romantic. But just seeing her being, like, happy and stuff, it's so nice. Yeah. Also, or at least something else that I noticed that I was happy about was that we got another Susana sighting <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because while Nozaki was listening to the music, Susana was doing her little contest application again although there I guess there's not as many as they usually are so it was interesting just to like see that from her and like hear her talk about that sort of thing yeah I love when Susanna peeks her head in because you're not entirely sure what it is she's gonna say but you know it's probably gonna be good yeah so it's just nice to like see her and then also, something else that I really liked about this episode was the fact that our three goons <laughs> have a made latte piggy bank. <laughs> yeah, when they when they were at made latte and Misaki was thinking about how she hasn't seen the three idiots in a while, we just cut over to them putting coins or just laughing maniacally, <laughs> putting coins into a made latte fund because they were saving up to order everything on the menu. Just absolute gold i loved every second of that me too like i mean the laughter was a little bit sus but (laughs) i like the fact that they had like a dedicated goal it wasn't even just like oh they wanted some cake they wanted to order everything 
off of the menu. They wanted to like fully like participate and do stuff with Mizaki. And I was like, that is so sweet that somebody like had that not even somebody, three people had this <laughs> level of dedication yeah. into going to made latte and stuff. So I thought that was nice to see. Right. And talk about supporting small businesses. Yes, yes, because Satsuki needs all the money. Yes. So we appreciate it. <laughs> Something else that I noticed about the episode was that Yuzui was being his nosy self. And so he was just asking Mizaki, like, what she was doing, Loki doing an interrogation of, like, what she was doing with her friends. And then it's like, oh, what they were doing, who they were seeing. And so he, like, finds out that she's going to go see this band. And then leading up to the day of the actual meet and greet, the three girls go to this cafe that is called Sun Vaca Cafe. I think that's how it's pronounced. I didn't actually grab the name, so for me, it's 100% right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's Sun Baka Cafe. I don't remember them pronouncing it in the episode, but that's what I think it's called. So they go there, and lo and behold, we see that our three goons are waiters. Yes. And I love it. Me too. I just love getting a further peek into their life. Like, I have questions. Did they already work at the cafe? Or did they have to get a part-time job to save up to order everything on the menu at Made Latte? Like, I have a feeling it's probably the second one. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that it's like, they see Mizaki being a maid. And they want to support her so much that they become technically butlers. Mm -hmm. So like to work in the service industry to support the service industry. I just thought it was so cute. So cute. I love this so much. <laughs> yeah. And then I also liked that once the girls sat down, you see like the yesification of the dudes. <laughs> They're just like, well, I'm going to go take their order. One by one. <laughs> and all of a sudden they become handsome. Yeah. Then they start fighting. And I was like, that's not good. No, no violence, <laughs> like, please. Let's not do that. But then we get our official, official introduction to the Yume Meshi band because they all show up. They all introduce themselves. So guys, they all have names. I don't remember them all. I just remember the vocalist is Kuga because he is like... He's the guy. You'll see why in Ice Cream, You Scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so they're all like there and Mizaki is really just vibing with Sakura because Sakura is so excited mm -hmm. and she had brought her friends and she's talking to the guys and she's being so earnest about how much she loves them and their songs. And it was nice to see just how happy Sakura was. Mm -hmm. And Mizaki was just really happy as well. And meanwhile, you notice that Kuga is looking at Mizaki a lot. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, Mizaki actually ends up getting up and going to the bathroom. And then when she leaves, she sees Kuga and one of his bandmates outside of the bathroom. And they are talking about how Kuga specifically wanted her to come to their concert. But as we all know, Mizaki is busy as heck. So she 
legitimately does not have time to go to any sort of concert. Plus, she was only at this meet and greet because she wanted to make Sakura happy. So she's saying no. And this is sort of ice cream ice cream. I'm not getting fully into feelings, but Kuga is not taking her no for an answer. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, our favorite guy, Yuzui, shows up in his waiter uniform and sparkles. And he's using a tray to separate Kuga and Mizaki. So Kuga just takes that as like, oh, well, is he your boyfriend? And I mean, Mizaki is embarrassed, so she's going to say no. (laughs) But... I really like the fact that although I did think it was weird for Uzui to just randomly like show up, I did appreciate him saving her in that moment because one, she felt very awkward. She had already said no to going to the concert, but then Kuga started alluding to some other things that were pretty uncomfortable. So having Uzui there to like say something, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I think the bassist's name is Ku. Which is Koo and Kuga, like, amazing. But anyway, <laughs> when the bassist suggests that, that Usui is Misaki's boyfriend, Usui gives him, like, a little smile, kind of like that thought pleases him. And I thought that was super cute. Like, a nice way to sort of slip in that those true feelings right there. Yeah, yeah, I like that as well. And, like, eventually, Kuga and Koo give up and they go back to their seats and... Meanwhile, Uzui actually has to sort of give a pep talk to Mizaki because Mizaki is just so agonized by her interaction with Kuga. And she knows she has to break it to Sakura, but she doesn't know how. And so I also like that Uzui took the time to sort of reassure her that there are plenty of people who wouldn't know what to do in that situation. Not the situation that happened, but actually going on to tell her friend what happened. Mm -hmm. And he also patted her head, which I thought was nice. Yeah, it was really cute. Like this adorable little comforting pat. Yeah. Meanwhile, so while Mizaki is talking to Uzui, Ku and Kuga go back to their seat. And Kuga has decided to fully unleash his legitimate personality. So he continues to talk about Mizaki and asking Sakura about Mizaki to the point that she got very uncomfortable and she sort of realized that one this guy doesn't like me the way that I thought he did and then also he's paying way too much attention to Mizaki in a way that's actually not as kind or as nice as it could be. Prior to Mizaki coming back Kuga is trying to persuade Sakura to get Mizaki to come to the concert. So when Mizaki comes back, then Sakura sort of starts asking, but you can't see her eyes at that point. Because I feel like at that point, she's actually highly embarrassed and sad and feeling a lot of emotion. So we don't see her eyes, but she's asking her if she wants to come to the concert and that she would help like with student council, like paperwork and stuff if she needed help to come. And meanwhile, like Kuga just fully unleashes who he actually is. And is just like, oh, like you seem really smart and. I feel like you know a lot about guys because of how smart you are. Just saying anything, which to his credit, because we're still in full tier boat. I think it was Koo was like, yo, this is a lot. Yeah, yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah. So I appreciated that Koo was like not 
being like a gutter snipe the way that Kuga was. Yeah. But finally, Sakura stands up for Mizaki. And so I really liked that she did that. Now she looked like she was crying and she had to like slam her hands on the table to get attention. But she's just said like, don't talk about Mizaki in that way. So I was happy to like see that because in the beginning, you kind of think, oh, is she just going to go along? or allow this guy to say all this stuff. Now she realizes that he doesn't like her. So I like the fact that Sakura is defending Mizaki. Mm -hmm. It was super satisfying to see Sakura finally stand up and say something and speak up for herself and for Mizaki in that moment. Yeah. And of course, even more satisfying to watch Misaki go full-blown student council president mode on Kuga. Yeah. Okay, so when she grabbed his tie, I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, this is the energy. This is what I want. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) no, like, you're not going to talk about me that way, and you're also not going to disappoint my friend. I like the fact that she said, like, oh, I'm not going to give Sakura to you. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Although I guess, you know, friendship sometimes can be like that in the sense that, like, I'm not going to give her my permission to date you. Yeah, I don't think she meant it literally, but just in a very caring way. Yeah. So I was happy that they both got up and said something. And post them leaving that cafe, Shizuku lets everybody have it. Yeah. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Shizuko's reaction is not part of my folks here, but I think just um, Mizaki comforting Sakura post Shizuku like blowing up that's part of my folks here boat me too because I like that Mizaki was able to just comfort Sakura in that moment and I also thought that it was funny that Mizaki decided to pretend to be Yuzui in that moment uh-huh. and pet Sakura's head it's her associating that comfort that he gives to her and she's like how do I comfort somebody oh I'll do what he does to comfort me Oh, yeah. Just connecting the dots. I thought it was so adorable. I was like, okay, girl, your subconscious be knowing. (laughs) Maybe you don't know yet, but your subconscious, it gets it. Yes. So I like that she patted her head and that Sakura was just like, oh, I won't date anyone until I find someone who could pat my head like that, right? Mm -hmm. Which then when Mizaki's going home, she sees Yuzui and she's reminded of the fact that she literally just patted Sakura's head. So she's like sort of embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And that was the episode. Do you have any boats your boat that we weren't able to touch on? I do have an additional thing that I meant to slip in earlier. Okay. Very specific when Usui and Misaki and Kuga and Ku all had that unplanned rendezvous outside the bathroom. Um, <laughs> when Usui says he's just a stalker, but Misaki's kind of rambling. She's like, he's a stalker, but he's not really one. I found it really funny and very cute that she couldn't find the words for it because she knows in her heart that they're connected, but doesn't allow herself the time and space to delve into those feelings to figure out how they're connected. Yeah, I liked how there's sparkle emojis around him once he said that. And then Kuga was (laughs) so thrown off by it. (laughs) He was like, I'm just gonna... He's like, he's just done. He's like, I'm just gonna go back to sit down. Yeah, it's like, I'm not gonna be part of this. (laughs) Yeah. I do have some um, banana split points for this episode, if you have any. I just went to Ice Cream Ice Cream, but explain to the audience what banana splits are. Yeah, guys, I finally did some thinking because there were a few times we were like, well, I have this thing, but it's not quite floats your boat and not quite Ice Cream You Scream. It's like a mixed bag. So 
I was like, oh, I guess those are things we're split on, split emotionally, like a banana split. So (laughs) it's just a a good ice cream pun for our split emotions, our mixed bag stuff about the episode. So I actually have my first couple banana split points for this one. So Misaki's initial social anxiety in the cafe, like when they first get there and she's just sort of observing what's going on and she's not sure what to do or how to act, is actually really relatable to me personally. And I was happy that she was able to relax before it got all kinds of weird. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Because like that just reminds me of my anxiety, like when I'm going into a new place. Mm -hmm. I definitely got where you're coming from with that because it's like... Being anxious is not something to like. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. exactly. It was nice to feel seen in a way, but just kind of sad that that was the way to feel seen. (laughs) Yeah. Another quick point I have is that I know we love to see Usui come to the rescue all the time, and he should because he's the love interest. But when that serving tray was put between Kuga and Misaki, I had a little hope that it would have been Shiro or one of the other idiots just trembling, trying to keep on a brave face to stick up for Misaki. But it's cool that it was Usui. Yeah, yeah. I just liked in general that somebody did it. But I think it would have been nice if one of the three goons like were able to do it just because of how dedicated they are to Mizaki. Right. They're like starting to find their courage a little bit, it seems like. So I was hoping that it would have been one of them. But it's okay. I like I'm totally cool with it being Usui. It definitely should have been him. Yeah. I have like one observation left in my banana split. Has Usui always been calling Misaki by her last name? all this time or did I just never noticed? I was wondering if it was a recent change since she's tried to put some more space between them since the kiss. I think it's recent because he was calling her Mizaki straight up. Yeah, it's interesting to see that. Yeah. So I guess for him to do that, I think it's just him going out of his way to make her feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Me too. Okay, so we are going to get into ice cream, you scream, and that is our dislikes. So one thing that, um, not one thing, because we'll be here for a while. <laughs> so something I didn't like about the episode from the very beginning was just the fact that, I guess just touching on that whole parasocial relationship thing, I think that when you like a band, I guess regardless of if they're big or small, I wouldn't necessarily think that the lead singer is into me because he made eye contact with me. Or even if they threw me something, because he didn't even specifically throw that rose at Sakura. She just happened to catch it. Yeah. But I wouldn't think that because of these two things, like this person likes me. Now, would I be excited that those things happened? Yes. But I feel like in that moment, Sakura kind of jumped to conclusions And I mean, that happens to the best of us, but I think that it's a good lesson to learn when you're like a teenager to differentiate between like something being personal and something not being personal. But I did think that it was a little weird that she sort of automatically went to that thought process of like, oh, he likes me or something. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, and part of that burden, or really the majority of that burden should be on the band to make it clear that this is a meet and greet, these are just tokens of general 
affection and thanks for you being part of our audience. Yeah. The way that Kuga purposefully blurred the lines to gain personally from those parasocial relationships from the female fans is like sickening, frankly. Yeah, it is. And that's like something I also made note of that because just at the very beginning, that was something that a question in my mind before we were able to fully see like how the band was how kuga was and everything so that was the first thing that i thought of but i think in general like if they're having a meet and greet at a cafe one it wouldn't look like that there would be a poster like oh yeah this band is here a meet and greet like yeah you'd never just personally meet up with your fan like that which I guess that's also like, you could chalk it up to their age since they're also in high school. They just go to a different school. But I think them blurring the lines like that, it just looked like those matchmaking type of date things, like group dates that you see sometimes in like other anime and stuff. And so for his bandmates to be like, oh, I'm sick of like doing this fan service stuff. And it's just like, you never articulated that this was like fan service. It was never clear. Because it wasn't clear it just made it easier for sakura to like fully believe this vocalist is so into me and i'm into the band and i'm so happy about it and stuff so yeah so i didn't like that and let's see what else did i have on here i said that kuga looked like an off-brand yuzui (laughs) he does it's like um Mom, can we have Usui? But we have Usui at home. Usui at home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you want frosted flakes. And then your mom comes home and brings you like great value flakes. It's like, no, I don't want Walmart brand flakes. I want frosted flakes. (laughs) So that's what I thought of when I was like looking at him. That's probably what they were going for. Right. Something else I didn't like. I mean, obviously, I don't like Kuga at all. I didn't like the comments he was making about her so for him to when they went into the bathroom ku and kuga went into the bathroom and then he's talking about making mizaki his and it's just like you can't tell that out of the three girls that are at this the only person talking to you is sakura mizaki is just responding to sakura she's not even talking to y'all yeah. So it's just like the audacity. I know. Him saying that to make Misaki his made me like gag. It was just disgusting. I, oh, the language of it all. I don't never ever phrase it like that. Jesus. <laughs> no, that was not cool. And then them meeting Misaki outside of the bathroom. Oh First my God. of all, that is gross. What if she blew up the bathroom, right? You know, <laughs> something she ate at the cafe didn't sit right and it all came out (laughs) and y'all just out there trying to talk to her why do men always gotta bombard her outside the bathroom can't they just like let misaki pee in peace like please because it's like this the bathroom it smells in there like (laughs) it is personal it is personal time it's very gross i wouldn't have done it but it's just like oh she should just fart on purpose (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) i know she would really do that it's canon now (laughs) yeah guys that's our next shirt fart on purpose oh no please god no um but uh yeah so i didn't like that i also 
didn't like the fact that he admitted to playing around with Sakura. Yeah, oh my god. It was so sad to know how happy she was and then to see him talking down about Sakura and like taking her for granted and being rude. It was just like gross because like who does that sort of thing, you know? I know. Like, famous or not, or popular or not, his attitude towards Sakura at the table is just disgusting. She's earnestly trying to ask him about his music, and he literally yawns in her face, and then pretty much tells her outright that he'd rather date her friend. It just makes my heart break for her. Yeah, I was mad, because I was just like, did you just yawn? First of all, like, all my triggers, because I always just started yelling, but that's me. So I would say something else before I get into Shizuku, because Shizuku is on my ice cream, you scream this episode. Oh, same. So before I get into that, he literally said that when once Mizaki came back, that she looks like a girl that's smart enough to know how to handle men. And mm. I legitimately, like, screamed. I was like, this man is saying anything on God's green earth? Just anything. Who who says that doesn't even make sense? That's like two plus two equals nine. Like how he even got all the way over there and she barely said like two words to him is crazy. I'm struggling to figure out how he even has friends if he's just like this to people. He seems so outrightly, what's the word, outwardly? I guess, selfish? Yeah, selfish and asshole. Yeah, and his friends seem like they were his bandmates, I guess. I'm assuming they're friends. They're trying to keep him in line and rein him in. Is that really someone you want to be friends with? Someone you have to pretty much parent in your spare time? I don't think so. Right, I wouldn't want to do that. And it's like thinking about the band and stuff like this is a band so what he's doing is a reflection on everyone else yep and like pr wise it's a really bad look it's like what a nightmare mm -hmm. if i was suck i would have blown up the spot like i am on twitter wait well back then it was i would be on myspace i would be on twitter i would be on Z was it zanga wasn't zanga the journal site zanga yeah. oh my god it was <laughs> Tumblr. Tumblr. I'll be on all the sites, the forums, Reddit. I'll be talking mad shit. Oh, they were saying this, this, and that. This is how they really feel. Da, 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 da. Like, I cannot believe them. But I guess before we get into Shizuku, did you have any other ice cream you scream? I do, actually. It's very funny. Okay. The three idiots fight over who will serve Misaki's table. But who ended up serving them? It's never addressed, but there's like food and drinks on their table. Yes! If it was one of them, I, I feel like there would have been an interaction between them and Misaki. But they never show who ended up serving them. And they seemed to be the only three employees in the cafe. Right. So I'm just so confused about who served the table. And I want to know. And then something else that I did not like is that we didn't really see their overall reaction after Mizaki was just like, oh, I'm not going to give Sakura tea. Because I'm just like, oh, what are they all going to say? Because at that point, you know, they should be apologizing. They should be like trying to like do conflict resolution because, you know, somebody could be vindictive like me and be like, oh, I'm going to go on Zenga tonight and like start <laughs> talking mad shit about you. Like, yeah, you know, like you don't see any of that. So I did also didn't like that in the episode. That's sort of unresolved. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm left with questions. Many questions. <laughs> yeah. So for Shizuku, I was so irritated because while all of this shit was happening, she was people watching, but she was paying attention because you could see like the angry symbol on her head. Yeah. When Kuga was saying, like saying all this mad shit about Mizaki and being rude to Sakura, you could see all this anger and she's just not saying anything. And they kept like sort of zooming back in on her. So you would see that angry symbol on her head. And then once they leave, she's letting it rip and she's yelling at Sakura. She's yelling at Mizaki. And I'm just like, okay, you have have all of these angry feelings but you're taking it out on the wrong people okay because why she didn't stand up for Mazaki herself instead of just waiting for Sakura to say something is beyond me because she was there too yeah she easily could have intervened right she could have intervened she could have been like oh what you're not going to do like screw this people watching what you're not going to do is talk about my friend you're also not going to talk down to my other friend who is so excited to be here she just saved all of that energy and she unleashed it on Sakura and on Mizaki and I did not appreciate that at all because yelling about respectability policy takes like who gives a shit who was in that cafe that man was saying wild stuff about mizaki and you didn't say anything but you want to yell at sakura because she yelled at them and then mizaki yelled at them for saying those things so what how are you going to do it with decorum like oh well we don't like you anymore we're gonna leave no because i feel like they stepped over the line so they can get that same energy back you know yeah i mean Weren't they the only people in the cafe, if I recall correctly? Right. I didn't see nobody else. Yeah. So who was she to be polite for? The three idiots in the back who understand the situation, even though Shizuku and Misaki don't know that it's them in the back, but still. Right. Like they didn't know it was them in the back, but the boys themselves were pissed too. So it's just like, so I, I didn't like that she was like yelling at Sakura and just being like, you should pick better men. And it's like, okay, well, you were there the whole time. The way that we were seeing it, you know, I mean, obviously she's not an audience member, but it's like she went to the concert with them. She saw how she, the how Sakura was misled. So I think she could have given her some slack. And then I think yelling at Mizaki was also pointless as well. Because it's like you have so much to say for somebody that didn't say anything when it was warranted, when it was needed. So I did not like that. Yeah, Sakura needed comfort, not scolding in that moment after she just got her heart torn into pieces by someone she pretty much idolized. Yeah. I feel like if Shizuko didn't actually want to go to the cafe and be part of the conversation and support Sakura, that she should have and could have just declined the invitation. Yeah, because she just needed one person. Yeah. And personally, I'm always very conscious of my social battery and when I feel like it's running out and how much energy I have to expend. And if Shizuko didn't want to be part of it, I think she should have stayed home. And it was actually super duper rude the way she just faced away from everyone at the whole time and gave one word answers. It's just all bad from her. Yeah. It's evident that she has a lot of maturing and growth to do. Yeah. She needs to grow up a lot. Yeah and have that type of energy for people who are like literally harassing, sexually harassing her friends. So outside of that, my last part of Ice Cream You Scream is that I wanted to talk about Edward Cullen's impact. Oh. Okay. So Edward Cullen <laughs> is a vampire from the Twilight series. 
And he was also a stalker. Oh. Okay. He stalked Bella. He used to watch her sleep and shit. He <laughs> would follow her wherever she was going. He would be smelling her. He would be around her family. He wouldn't even let her see her mama by herself. Like, he was always around. And Yuzui was giving that very same energy. So for him to admit that he was stalking Mizaki, I was just like, why do I recognize this? Because, you know, Yuzui is quite literally always around Mizaki. If she's doing student council stuff, he's there talking to her. If she is at Maid Latte, he's either like paying money or whatever to get her services, or he's working at the back behind her. He's walking her home. He's part of her festival stuff. He is always around and I think that's Edward Cullen's fault. And I think Edward Cullen is low-key trash because I don't need people to be stalking women that they like. I think they should just say, I like you, and then figure shit out from there. But for him to just admit he was a stalker, one, it was funny. But then also, I was just like, uh, I don't actually kind of like that. I don't. Like, I mean, obviously, he's not because she said that, you know, he sort of is, but he isn't. But I thought that was weird. What did you think? I don't think he was being super serious when he identified himself as a stalker. It sounded sarcastic. Yeah. Just because Usui is usually joking around when he sounds serious. But I love the Edward Cullen comparison. I think it's hilarious and kind of on the nose. He does have a bit of a stalkery vibe for sure. Yeah. And all I could picture is like a manga page of Misaki saying, I know what you are. And Usui <laughs> saying, say it out loud. And she says an alien. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, there might even be a fanfic out there, to be honest. Oh, there probably is. I'm sure there's something, some kind of Twilight made some a crossover. Look on AO3. If you find it, send it our way. Yes. Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we may create a special episode and then read an excerpt of it. Maybe. I don't know. Wait, I would love that. Or like a live stream. I would be so down. That would be so funny. Yeah. I'd die. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so that was episode 10, guys. So we're going to get into episode 11. So our soft serve summary. Uzui helps Mizaki's mom pick up the apples that she dropped on the road, which leads him to visiting Mizaki's house for the very first time. He also ends up fixing the floor and eats apples with her family until Mizaki shows up and she is freaked out because why is Uzui in her house? So once Mizaki is up to speed about what's going on, she thanks Uzui for supporting her mom. And it should really be the end of that. But Sakura and Shizuku sees Mizaki and Uzui going over to the playground, leaving her house, holding hands. Ooh. So now Sakura's law and order skills are activated. Or maybe I should say FBI. Her FBI skills are activated. And the gang decide to tail Uzui to see where he lives. Will they find Uzui's house or not? So as for a theme, I said, if you want something, you should just ask. Yep, that's pretty much what I have. I wrote, it's better to ask someone up front than sneak around for information. Yeah. And then, did you have any sprinkle on top? Not really. Just that overall, I really liked this episode. I also liked it, but I said that the stray cat that we see at the end of this episode, it symbolizes Misaki. Oh. You know? Interesting. Because 
It was a little wild, scratched Yuzui's face, but he held that little cat close and was comforting it and ended up feeding it. I thought I was just like, ooh, this is another Mizaki symbol. I love that. So, floats your boat. So I said, we finally get to see Mizaki's mama. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been ages since we've seen her mama. I think it's been since like the first episode or something. Yeah. This is our first time seeing her in 10 episodes, guys. So I was excited. I was like, ooh, okay, we get to see her mom. Yeah, she's adorable. She's adorable, but she's also, um, yeah, I'll get to that. So she's adorable. And then <laughs> I thought it was nice <laughs> of Uzui to actually help her pick up the apples that she dropped on the ground. I thought it was so sweet. Yeah, he helped her carry them all the way home before he even knew who she was. And then he helped fix the hallway. Like, I know he's not perfect and he has a lot to work on. Yeah. But at this point in this episode, I 100% absolutely adore him. Yeah, I thought it was so nice. Because y'all know, Suzuna thinks it's funny to just put paper mache over holes. <laughs> Thankfully, Mizaki's family have strong ankles. But right. <laughs> their mom ends up, like, stepping in one of the holes. And then Uzui fixes it, legitimately fixes it. So I thought, he is such a handy man. Like, he cooks... He can be a butler or a server. He's athletic. Athletic and adventurous because you know what he likes to do around whole buildings. (laughs) (laughs) Quite. (laughs) The whole building. The whole building. (laughs) He's just jump (laughs) off that shit. Anyway, (laughs) he's adventurous. Um, And now he's also a carpenter, right? Or a handyman. Both. Both. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i like that i was just like what isn't he at this point Uzuri's is just like the all-around guy like jack of all trades mm-hmm. and i thought it was nice that he was able to oh he does recognize that he's at mizaki's house because he sees her last name mm-hmm. and then when mizaki shows up i also like the fact that he took time to just address her by her last name instead of using her first name like he usually does because i think if he had said her first name then it would have led her family to have more questions for her than she would have been comfortable with yeah so i appreciated him doing that in this episode too yeah i actually audibly went aw when usui's eyes fell on the marks on the wall that tracked misaki's height growing up i thought that was such a cute personal touch yeah i thought it was nice that he like he was able to like sort of see how misaki like was and he also alludes to that as well once they go off to the playground and they're like talking and stuff Mm -hmm. that he's able to see like who she is although at that point Mizaki's thinking about her absentee dad and like Uzui while he might have thought about that I think he was just thinking about you know the little cutesy things and stuff like the heights and the the beam but on the wall yeah I'm so trash I think that's how you (laughs) the beam I don't know if it was a, a wall or the beam either way it's totally fine yeah There's a really cute extra touch in the animation when they're eating the apple slices that indicates how many slices that person had eaten. Yeah. Like when Usui greets Misaki when she comes into the kitchen, it says he's on his second helping on the screen. I thought that was really, really cute. Yeah, I thought that was cute too. And then I like that he also noted that when they were talking with each other, like, oh, like you draw bunnies on purpose and stuff. And she's like, oh, we're just used to doing that. I like that he's like picking up 
more of her like idiosyncrasies. Yeah, he shows a genuine interest in her as a person. And I love that he wants to learn more about her. I thought it was sweet how happy seeing the height markings were to him and how sweet he thought it was that they sliced their apples like little bunny rabbits. Even the way he put it, because sometimes he phrases things in a way that's questionable. I liked the way he said, I want to know more of your secrets that no one else knows. That kind of made my heart skip a beat. That made my heart skip a beat too, but you know, Mizagi couldn't handle that. She was just like, I'm never oh, going to yeah. tell you. And I was like, okay, girl. Yeah, and the animator has added an angry face on the finger she was pointing at him with, which is another great touch. Yeah. So meanwhile, they thought that was like all to themselves, but actually Shizuku and Sakura witness Yuzui and Mizaki going off to the playground. Mm-hmm. So they're just so happy for her. And it's both of them, too. They're like, oh, like, y'all are dating? You never told us. Like, we're your, like, closest friends. And you see, like, how they animated Sakura's, like, face because she's pouting. I thought that was so cute. Yes, I noticed every time she was pouting, they gave her the little pouty lips. I thought that was real funny. Yeah. But, I mean, of course, they they aren't dating. And so she says that they aren't dating. But they're, like, so interested in Uzui. And I thought that it was interesting that it actually took her friends being interested in him for her to realize, oh, I'm also curious about Uzui myself. Right, even though she'll never admit it. Right, but the thing is, they're so interested, they're just like, oh, CSI, FBI. Sakura's just like, I'm gonna hack into the school records so I can find his address. (laughs) And then (laughs) Shizuku's like, no. That's against the law. But we can follow him. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I was just like, why? Y'all are just gonna start following him? First of all, that's weird but i mean since he's normally i mean he playfully stalks her i guess it's not that bad during how long he's been following her around turnabout's fair play so they start following yuzui but the thing is they follow him to maid latte and misaki is supposed to work that day fantastic oh i loved that predicament it's so good (laughs) it was funny but then what i think was really heartwarming to see was just satsuki just assuming that misaki was like sick or like experiencing burnout and so she's like oh you can just go home we have enough people today yeah that was super sweet of her she's really the best I love her more every time she's on screen me too and Mizaki just takes her up on that offer which I mean at that point girl why don't you just tell your friends you'd be working at a maid lot what are they gonna do right like who are they gonna tell you know, if they're the closest to each other. Yeah. So I thought that was a little weird. But either way, so hilarity ensues, you guys, because they just proceed to follow Uzui quite literally everywhere. So first off, they follow him and then he goes to a high class, like... <laughs> sports club. What is it? Gym? It was high class sports club and top class restaurant. Like all the names were so self-aware. I thought it was so good. Even the girls are like, wow, that's a very straightforward name for a sports club. Yes. First, I went to the high class sport club and I just want to make note of the fact that Uzri is randomly swimming in this pool, right? This is a my floater boat because this shit made me laugh so hard. So he is swimming in this pool and they're just watching him swim and watching all the other people watch him swim. He gets out this pool. Why does Uzui have a BBL? (laughs) BBL, guys, is a Brazilian butt lift. Like, he doesn't legitimately have it, but his body... Like, first of all, this speedo is tiny, and now you're giving him lots of butt, but okay. He got that booty dough. (laughs) I guess. 
Mizuki straight up couldn't look at him because it was too hot for her to handle. She could not behold the booty. Well, no, I lied. I would be looking at it because I'm just like, why does he have a BBL? That's what I wanted to know. I was just like, oh, he's got hips. Oh my God. Okay. But that's just really an animation thing. But that, that shit made me laugh hard when I saw it. Then they go to the high class um, boutique. Boutique. The music in the high-class boutique sounded straight out of Oran. I know I can't stop referencing Oran, but it sounded straight out of Oran High School Host Club. No, that's what I thought, too. But they were at the boutique, and he's trying on this nice suit. They go to the restaurant. They're just trying to follow him here, there, everywhere. But I guess eventually it all comes to, like, a stop, and then Mizaki actually catches sort of but on her own catches Uzui and at that point he is playing with this very cute stray cat that is like literally trying to take chunks out of his face (laughs) it really wasn't happy to be in his arms it was not it was just like first of all you are not my mama or my dad neither you could put me down and Uzui was not having it but you know very reminiscent of Mizaki to me so I was just like oh you know he just likes this sort of thing (laughs) but either way while he's playing with this cat then Mizaki is talking to him about how they were tailing him and how he basically led them on like a little goose chase but he was happy because she was actually interested in him and he was like this is the first time you've been interested which i thought it was cute that i mean obviously he would notice that but i thought it was cute that he was able to notice that and sort of call her out on it yeah i don't know if this really should count as floats your boat it kind of gets to a point where it it feels floats your boat e. But I, I found myself feeling bad for Usui during this exchange with Misaki because he keeps reaching out to her genuinely in earnest and Misaki's always pushing him away all the time. Yeah. Like he gives her his address and she just literally throws it away without looking at it. But it's notable that she does pick it up and take it home. I believe that's the piece of paper she's looking at towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really notable that she took it with her because she is interested. She just doesn't want to admit it to him. Yeah. I mean, I know that she's like slow in development when it comes to figuring out her feelings for the opposite sex. So it's sort of hard for the course that she's going to pretend to throw it away. But I also think it's that maybe, you know what, banana split. Yeah. Yeah. Banana split <laughs> because it's not quite floats your boats. It's not quite dislike. But I was also sad about the fact that he was just happy that she was showing interest. And instead of just admitting to that and like giving that to him, she's just like gives him a hard time until like the very end. Yeah. But what I did like towards the end of the episode was the fact that he did take, he ended up keeping that little stray cat with him and yeah. like took the cat to his apartment and was like feeding it. And I was just like, oh, look, it's just all happy just eating and stuff and you get to see that he's in this high rise and he's wearing this very grown robe oh yes so (laughs) usui brings home a kitten goes home and then puts on a pair of glasses in this beautiful like apartment looking out the window and i am weak I am absolutely fragile. Handle me with care. I am done. Like, (laughs) I'm such a cat person. I apparently have a thing for glasses. They're a very attractive accessory, in my humble opinion. And all of it was just way too much for me. I just thought it was cute because I feel I am also a cat person. I am just allergic, which is really like... Oh, no. Yeah, like, I don't know what I did to God in my past life, but... (laughs) 
I think it's mean that he made me allergic. Like, how rude. I'm supposed to be allergic to cats and dogs, but it's like, I can be around dogs, but I'm really allergic to cats in the sense that it's like, if I'm around them, like, oh, I got to make sure I take all of the medicines and stuff. And even then my nose might be fuzzy, but I'm very annoyed by that because I like cats. I think that they're so cute. I think I would definitely be a cat girl, a cat mom. If we ever meet up, I will be sure to thoroughly lint roll myself because I have a tiny tabby and she climbs all over me. I would just be jealous. Oh, it's like, oh, sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's okay. It's okay. But regardless, I thought it was so cute that he was taking care of this cute little cat. Mm -hmm. But then I was just like, oh, this robe is very grown and this apartment is very big. He's just by himself. And so that made me have... I mean, not me, because I read this story, so I know why. But if I was just watching it, I was like, oh, I'd have questions. Because, like, where's your family? Yeah, and I fully forget whatever his situation is. So I'm just assuming he's kind of well off in a way or has come into money in some kind of way. Not a lot of money, but I don't know, Mm. enough. Some money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm inferring from this little scene. Yeah. Do you have any other floats your boat before we get into ice cream, you scream? I have one single banana split. Okay. So at Made Latte, we see the three idiots have come back to the cafe and we're so happy to see them. Uh, and they have finally <laughs> they have finally saved up enough money to order everything off the menu. And I'm so happy and I love that for them. But it's the day Misaki took time off and she wasn't there to enjoy it. Well, they assumed she would enjoy it with them. She wasn't there to be a presence at the cafe while they spent all of their money on everything on the menu. And they were clearly disappointed, so it was a mixed bag for me. Yeah, that makes me, honestly, that makes me sad, too, Yeah, that she wasn't there. Because I just feel like at that point, they're so, like, nice and kind. I feel like she should just be one nicer to them. But, mm-hmm. like, I wish they would would have been able to articulate that they really want to experience all of this with Mizaki there. Yeah, I wish they could have verified that she was in before they spent all of their money on everything on the menu. Yeah. I do think it's nice, though, that Misaki did acknowledge their app so she does kind of think about them yeah i thought that was nice too yeah so ice cream you scream so i'll just begin by saying that i thought it was weird so mizaki's mom's name is minako i think i thought it was very weird that minako was just telling yuzui all of mizaki's business yeah she definitely doesn't have a lot to hide it seems like yeah And I feel like it's one thing if you're sort of telling your own business, but getting into the fact that she works and like that she is also doing stuff at school and she's having fun, like whatever else and like sort of talking about her like worries to this kid that she just met off the street. I thought that was a lot. I know that me personally, I wouldn't like that if my mom was just telling people all of my business and it's like, oh, you went to high school with me. Because like, what if you were talking to my enemy? Right, like you're bully, gosh. Yeah, now they know extra information about me and they can be talk about what you told them, but then also talk about the mom as well. But I mean, it's good that it was usually, but still I thought that was like weird. Mm -hmm. And then outside of that, I know that things are hard for them and everybody has to pitch in to like get money get food or whatever in that house but why is the floor not fixed until Uzui fixes it 
Right. Like, do they not want ankles? <laughs> Him fixing it on a whim implies that they had all of the materials to fix it on hand. It's just that nobody fixed it. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. I didn't even think about that. It's weird and it's also dangerous because if you're doing all of this work, right, if the mom is working around the clock and Mizaki's working around the clock, well, not around the clock, but she's doing school or whatever else, then it's all the more reason to get those things fixed because the last thing that she would want to do is actually break your ankle and then now you can't go to neither of your jobs yeah and then you're strapped with a medical bill it's all bad yeah and do they even have insurance so there's all these different like levels and stuff <laughs> there's so many layers <laughs> yeah yeah also i thought it was weird that they were eating the apples from the road because like uh yeah i hope she thoroughly washed those but i mean i'm sure they cleaned it but still i thought that was a little weird and then also since they were eating so much of it i was like okay is, is Uzui eating like part of their food for the week right because like you know yeah. how they always get on these um their habits like at one point Suzuna had all this tofu so they had all these tofu meals or when Satsuki gave Mizaki like all these cupcakes and then Susan was rationing out oh I'm gonna eat this one for breakfast I'm gonna eat this one for lunch so when he was eating all of these apples I was like are y'all letting him eat your stash y'all just had to do like one helping I know this isn't related to Maid-sama but literally all you had to say all you had to do was mention cake, and now I want cake. <laughs> right? I'm going to eat some. Next week, next week is... A oh, we're releasing this later. <gasps> oh. So... I did see your Instagram story. When y'all are listening to this, bro, my birthday is next week. Hey, hey. I'm going to eat some um, cupcakes. Hell yeah. Get all the cupcakes you want. All the flavors you want. All the toppings you want. You deserve it. Yeah. Before I go to dentist hell. Oh no. <laughs> Maybe after. <laughs> <laughs> like the next day I gotta go to the dentist. So. Oh no. <laughs> Sneak it. I'm gonna have all my fun and I'll cry later. <laughs> I know this is another small tangent, but speaking of like being bad before the dentist, my eighth grade teacher told this story all the time of she had a dentist appointment, but somebody had given her a Milky Way bar and she was literally sitting in the car parked outside the dentist and she's like, I'm not going to be able to eat this afterwards. And she just downs a whole Milky Way bar and walks into the dentist's office like a champion. But at least that's a Milky Way bar. See, y'all, I'm sometimes I'm just not shit. I'll just admit that right now. One day I was in a rush. I didn't have time to go home and I had a burger, y'all. <gasps> no, I'm just kidding. It's okay. <laughs> I had a burger and I went to the dentist for a cleaning. I felt like such an asshole. <laughs> I was hungry. Right. You got to <laughs> eat. It's better to be fed than not fed right 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 but the thing about it was <laughs> that the person that was doing the cleaning i went to school with that girl in high school <laughs> oh no <laughs> i would have changed dennis's offices i never gone back see the thing is she made sure that she was not gonna be like the assistant on hand if she was doing my teeth afterwards and i felt bad but i was like you know it is i was hungry girl I was hungry. <laughs> it is what it is. And then I also think she felt uncomfortable because I was asking her, like, about her family life and stuff. Oh, yeah. Because, like, since I knew her, I was like, oh, yeah, what about this and everything? And that was a little tense, too. So, yeah. The idea of anybody I know taking care of me in any kind of medical environment, just the mere thought of that makes me want to shrivel up and die. <laughs> 
(laughs) So I don't know how you did it. (laughs) I mean, I got over. I think also I have depression fog, guys. So low key, I really forgot until we were talking about this. So I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I have this age shit moment. But yeah, you know, when I go home, I hide. (laughs) Like I hide. I don't try to go to the grocery (laughs) store. I don't try to be. Just take a shower. I don't try to be in public spaces where people can find me. Like, no. (laughs) Sorry, back to Made Sama. Yeah, Made Sama, guys. So, um, other dislikes about the episode, I didn't really have that many. I only have two. I think my last one would just be that I think that they literally could have just asked him. Yeah. <laughs> I think they could have just asked Yuzui, like, where do you live? Now, does Sakura and Shizuku need to go to his house? No. I thought that was a little weird that they wanted to invite themselves to his house and they have barely any interaction with him. But I think if Mizaki was that interested, I mean, and he showed it at the end of the episode. He was like, oh, here's my address. Mm-hmm. Like, because he literally went to her house too. So it's fair. Yeah, they could have just asked. It's kind of like that Miyabi Gaoka episode where if everybody stayed for five more minutes and talked about it, the entire plot didn't need to happen. But I thought the shenanigans in this episode were worth watching. Yeah, I thought it was funny. So when Misaki's mother is chatting Usui's ear off at the beginning of the episode, talking about how her daughter is essentially overworking herself and not doing things that typical high schoolers do, she slips in that maybe it's her fault for giving her daughter such a bad life. And that made me really sad, because it's not her fault at all. We don't know the intricacies of her relationship with Misaki's father, but he was the one who walked out and didn't pay any support and left them with massive debt. It's not her fault that Misaki's not getting to live the life of a regular teenager. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. It's not fully her fault. Now, can she take part of the blame? In a way, just because it's like, Mizaki has to work. And so it's just kind of like, well, if the mom was able to get at least one higher paying job, then maybe Mizaki wouldn't need to work to get that money for her family. So I would say only in that way. But, you know, I mean, considering the circumstances, would I say it's fully her fault? Like, no. Yeah. It's like 25%. The rest is the dad. Yeah, there's a lot of layers and intricacies that we don't know. So I'm not saying that... I did say it's not her fault at all. It could be partially her fault, yes. But we don't have the answers or the information to know for sure. Yeah. My other Ice Cream You Scream, and I feel like we've already kind of said this. We might have already said this this episode or in past episodes. It was just a thought that I had when Ustawi was walking out of Maid Latte and a high school girl on the sidewalk kind of blushes at the sight of him and is literally stopped in her tracks by him. Ustawi is helpful. He's kind, he's extremely handsome, he's athletic, he's all of these things. I just don't understand what's taking Misaki so long. I mean, I know she's bullheaded, but damn, girl, yeah, you like him. Like, he's a top pick. He's a chef's kiss. Mwah. Take the boy, he likes you. <laughs> he is always there for you. He be cooking for you. He fix your floor. Mm-hmm. He helps you. Carries the groceries. Yes, he carries the grocery. He gives you advice and head pats. Head pats. Come on. I know I said this already during this episode. He jumped off a whole ass building, girl. You like this man. The whole building. The whole building. <laughs> Jesus. That's what we need on a t-shirt. The whole the building. Whole- <laughs> 
Yeah. How does he still have legs? Like, are his ribs okay? Have they healed? I so many questions. The whole building. Oh, that reminds me. He's also your nurse too. Right. Like, damn. Yeah. Medically smart. That's all I had for ice cream. You scream. Yeah. So that is all of episode eleven. So we're gonna touch on episode twelve because episode twelve, it's like. It is an episode. I feel like it low-key also feels like filler in comparison to episode 11. Not as much as the past filler episode where they're like in a whole different story universe. A little bit, yeah. Like I only have like a handful of points overall. Yeah. So here's our soft serve summary for episode 12. Sekahai is holding a sports festival and Mizaki is determined to have the girls team win everything. Unfortunately... The boys are not willing to accept Mizaki's stance on this. In particular, a boy named Gouda. Not Cheese. It's just, it just sounds like it. Not very Gouda of him. (laughs) Very Gouda. Very cheesy, yes. Gouda has decided that one of the prizes for the race is going to be a kiss from Sakura. So Mizaki is determined to win that race or else. Will Mizaki be able to defeat Gouda? Also... What exactly is Yukimura wearing for the final costume race? So, the theme, unconsenting harassment, is harassment, and it's not okay. I appreciate that. Although I feel like that's more of a lesson. (laughs) Themes can be a lesson. I feel like that's usually what I look for when I'm looking for the theme of an episode. I actually couldn't pull a theme out of this one. I wrote, no theme, only chaos. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was. It was very chaotic. Did you have a sprinkle on top? I don't. I do not. Okay, so float your boat. This is going to be quick, guys. First off, hats off to Satsuki for having these cool-ass events at Maid Latte. Mm-hmm. Kimono Day looked fire. It did. I loved it. I was like, girl, I want to have that outfit. Oh, same. I want to attend. I know. I want to go to Maid Latte. I want to go to Maid Latte. But you know what? This made me think actually of Aoi. Do you think Aoi creates their outfits? I don't know. Like for these events. Oh, that would be such a great touch. I would love it if they got to do that. I don't know or remember it, but I think that would be so cute. I don't think Aoi could put that on their resume. I created costumes for Made Latte. That would be a fantastic college application essay kind of thing for them to do. But I don't think it was ever explicitly stated that Aoi was making their outfits, but they totally should be. They should be, yeah. I guess outside of that, I liked that Uzui as per usual is around i like that he had his little um, ponytail (gasps) you know we like men who have man buns i loved the little ponytail i thought that was cute and it was funny to see the guy's determination levels it sort of reminded me of that cosplay combat cafe episode where where they're just like i'm determined to win this race Uh to kiss sakura so i thought that you know their determination was cute the cause for their determination pissed me off Mm. Same. Big same. Yeah. Like we said, so Mizaki is winning all of these races. We also learned that the girls get a handicap if they don't want to participate, which I appreciate because sometimes girls are on their time of the month and they don't feel like being in a race. I feel like that's always the time when something important happens that you have to be like physical for. There was nothing like having 
gym class and having to deal with that or having to go to a wedding or like prom or something. It's, it always falls on the worst day. It does. Sorry to our men listeners and people who don't menstruate listeners. Sorry. Be hating it. Like, I really have to run. I'm gushing like a faucet right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> Back to the May latte. Wait, no, May song. <laughs> so, um, Misaki's determined to win all these races and she is winning, but then we see Gouda Cheese. That's not his name, but we're calling him that. So, Gouda Cheese is just like. I'm going to like cry laughing. Gouda <laughs> Cheese is like, oh, I want to kiss Sakura. Mizaki actually meant to get that rule knocked off of um the race that oh like if they win the race then they can get a kiss from sakura but with all the other things that she's managing i'm not surprised that she forgot but she said you know what i might not be able to get that rule knocked off but i will win this race so then you can just kiss me. So then it's like supposed to be kosher. It's supposed to be fine. But the thing is, Gouda Cheese is very determined to win. Yeah. So at that point, here comes Uzui to the rescue. Basically, just if you want to go, let's go. So they start like racing. They're running as fast as they can. You can see like, what is it? The dust? Yeah. So they animated the dust. I always love when animes do that. Like when people are running and you see all the dust behind yeah. them because they're supposed to be going so fast. So you see like the dust. You see the people cheering. And at one point, Gudachi's got above himself and he was just like, oh, I'm about to trip you, Uzui. But see, Uzui is the jack of all trades. He's the hero of the story. So a little leg's not going to stop him. So he ends up sort of, I guess, using Gudachi's as leverage to like jump to the finish line. Mm -hmm. But Uzui wins the race and Guda is so upset. He's just literally on his knees. Just dumbfounded. Yeah, just dumbfounded. And Mizaki runs past him and gets runner up. And so that leads into a, a floats your boat for me of Uzui saying that he didn't want the kiss. Because first of all, he said he didn't want the kiss because I do the kissing. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I literally have in all caps, like, okay, Usui, damn, okay. <laughs> well, actually, not only do we believe you, we saw it happen. Yeah, so yeah, we um, did. Right, before he went off the whole damn building. The whole building. <laughs> when we saw it happen, he kissed Mizaki, so we, we know that to be true. So because Usui get, gave the prize to Mizaki, then Sakura ended up kissing Mizaki, which that was okay with her. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, because you can love on your friends is fine yeah so it's time for this last race it's a costume race yukimura is so excited because he had never been to a sports festival before and he was so excited to be in this one and he accidentally puts on mizaki's made uniform mm -hmm. and so all these people start making fun of him and you just feel bad because you know yukimura is just like it's like a baby that needs to be protected because you know he's not like horny and weird like the rest of the guys that are in like his class he does try to help mizaki he's a sweet cinnamon roll yes a sweet cinnamon roll and all these people are trying to like set him off fire and embarrass him yeah but the thing is like mizaki is not gonna let that happen and i appreciate that as like a president and as like a friend that she's just like no I'm also gonna dress up and I'm here for you and we can do this yeah I loved when she extended her arm to him and her and Usui and Yukimura all kind of teamed up to be serious about the costume race together yeah I loved that camaraderie between them yeah I think it was just really like necessary and it was nice to just see that and even though Mizaki ended up being <laughs> disqualified I just like that they gave Yukimura that show of support 
And I think he just ended up being happy about doing it anyway, you know? Yeah. Even if he was embarrassed by being in the maid outfit. And that was all of my floats your boat. Do you have any floats your boat or banana split left? Yukimura ending up in the maid outfit wasn't how I expected the plot to turn out because I thought Misaki was going to have to race in the maid costume and it was going to be a whole thing hoping nobody would notice that she was a maid at Maid Latte. I was just glad to see some subverting of expectations in the writing for this episode. Yeah, and I think actually seeing Yukimura in the maid outfit reminded me of Aoi. Oh. In the sense, because you know, like, Aoi genuinely likes dressing up like that, so... I don't know. Maybe maybe if more people accepted him, then it would be more commonplace. I just don't like the bullying aspect of it. But, you know, before that happened, people were like, oh, it suits him. Yeah. It suits Yukimura. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, they can see that dressing up like that would also suit Aoi. Right, right, right. That was more of like an aside, my brain. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. I love right at the beginning of the episode, Misaki's powerful aura before the race starts. It was so intense that the boy next to her at the starting line was literally petrified, shaking and crying, and couldn't begin the race. Yeah, I mean, her determination level, it's like... She cares about the girls in that school. Yeah, she does. And I, like, appreciate that she's just willing to go all out for them. Mm -hmm. Also, Shiro can sew. He made the maid outfit. It was handmade for her <laughs> so cute i, I mean, know it's a lot it's a lot i found it funny i just the chaotic plot i literally wrote i love the stupidity give me this chaotic plot chaotic plot a la mode spoon feed it to me <laughs> yeah i like i mean i think it's just like it's just nice to just see all of that like all these different things coming together i appreciate the writers for this episode considering how we like you know sometimes we've had beef with them on other episodes yes oh yes yes no this one was great the chaos was specifically because they put the maid outfit into the costume race box i was like oh please this is amazing i love it it's so stupid i love it so much yeah me too i think i just have a couple more <laughs> not me relating to the unathletic types in the costume race barely able to jog toward the costumes <laughs> If you're out there and you're unathletic like me and maybe you're more of a creative type, I see you, I hear you, and I am you. <laughs> I mean, that's probably more me now, too, to be honest. Like, I'd only run if somebody was trying to kill me. Right, oh, I'm going to die. Lynn. Oh, you know what? All those track skills, they come back. But <laughs> otherwise, like, running legitimately, like, for fun in a race, nah, not me. The closest I get to being active these days is playing the drums at work or like climbing on the pianos and dancing at work. If you don't know what my job is, I work at a dueling piano bar and it's it's a lot of rotating around instruments and climbing on the piano with a, a handheld mic and stuff. So there's some activity to it, but a lot of it's like music in my head and making it happen through my hands yeah sometimes i walk but that's really all that i got yeah walking's nice and i work from home so i'm a social media manager in real life so i'm always at home but in any case oh yeah i'm sorry you had other points right oh just one more yeah so 
Usui tending to Misaki's injuries, parentheses absentee nurse, where is she? Misaki notes that she wants to improve the costume race to encourage more participants. And I thought it was really nice the way she was thinking about everyone at the school just to make the sports festival a better event for everybody and the events better for everybody to be excited to participate in them. And also, of course, because it's me and it's my flutes your boat, the way she blushed when he kissed her hand was very cute. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was so adorable. Look at him getting his skinship in. I just want her to notice him. Notice, notice him, Oh, that's it for me. Okay. I feel like I just, I don't have any banana splits, so I just have ice cream, ice cream, but it's small. Me too. I just have two points again. Okay, one, Gouda cheese is an asshole. Yes. I really don't understand, like, if all those people voted to get a kiss from Sakura, if you like Sakura so much that you want a kiss from her, why aren't y'all talking to her? Instead of just saying, oh, you know what? You're going to kiss whoever wins this race. No, she doesn't. She really doesn't have to do that at all. No, absolutely not. And I think they showed, it was one of those side animation things with like an arrow pointing at one of the boys. It said he had been rejected 100 times by Sakura and he was amped up to participate in the race. Just super disturbing. Yeah, I don't know why you need more than twice or three times to get that no in your head or whatever, but I think that that's also just very scary, Mm -hmm. which leads into my second point which I feel like is a permanent point in Ice Cream You Scream, where is the faculty? Where is the faculty? Because this is sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. This is sexual harassment and y'all should be here because ain't no way you're going to have some race and say this underage girl has to kiss whoever wins and she is clearly unwilling. That is not a rule. That is not going to fly. It's not going to happen. And having to have Mizaki have to manage all that. First of all, she could have just shut the whole shit down. Oh like, my God, no, we're yeah. not even going to have this event. Because how dare you try to enforce your desires on somebody who is very much so unwilling. That's not sportsmanship. It's not in the code of conduct for Seika High or for any other high school, to be honest. And yeah, that's that's what I got to say about it. Yeah, just the pure fact that a prize for a race was to kiss a girl who didn't consent is super awful. I think I already said disturbing. It's all bad. Yeah. And Misaki says that she can't do anything about it because they announced it. Yes, she can. That makes no sense at all. Obviously, she could do something about it that's not running in the race. She could get right back on that moderator be like, uh, actually, that's not what you're going to win. You're going to win this knuckle sandwich. Yes. She's the student council president. She obviously has a say in enforcing the rules, and there's a non-consenting girl being told she's forced to kiss somebody. I think she can enforce something about it. Yeah. I did put a side note while I was watching the episode before I saw how things turned out, and I knew it wasn't going to turn out this way. But in my heart of hearts, ever since that filler episode, I am shipping Sakura and Yukimura. Yes. So I was like, okay, but like, what if Yukimura somehow wins? And she was like, oh, like, I'll kiss him. It's okay. It'd make me happy. I know it would never happen, but it'd be great. That would be the only thing that made it okay. I would be so happy if that happened. I know. Could you imagine the pureness and the wholesomeness of it all? I I kind of can't. It's like too cute to even imagine. I just feel like they're just kindred spirits. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I have one more ice cream you scream. Okay. So for the costume race, there's one tent to change in, and everybody has to change in front of each other. Absolutely not. Wait, where is the girls' tent? Exactly. Like, we did theater, but we had separate dressing rooms for separate sexes. Like, I don't think in college there were separate dressing rooms, but, like, we were adults in college, not in high school when we were minors. Not, okay, they could have easily set up a second tent. Yeah, that's definitely not okay. Like, and I mean, I did theater as well in high school. Even if there was a general dressing room, it's just like, okay, you got a curtain, only girls on this side, only boys on this side, don't go against the thing, whatever. Like, but then I also feel like that's a faculty thing because the faculty ain't shit because why? Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Where are y'all? Yep. I hope they actually show up someday just so that we can have maybe somewhat of an answer to this question, but I have a feeling it's never going to be addressed. Yeah. We just have beef. I have beef with the faculty, Oseka, <laughs> for the rest of our podcast recaps until we get a response. Yes. Okay, guys, that was Shoujo Sunday. <laughs> episode four thank you guys so much for listening we appreciate you and we want you guys to make sure to go to whatever platform you're listening to this on please rate us five stars so that we can get more listeners who love shoujo anime who love anime in general to take part in our shenanigans and hear what we have to say about Maid-sama and eventually other shows. We also would like you guys to follow us on all of our social media. We are Shoujo Sunday across all of them. So just follow us everywhere. And with that being said, I am Chica Supreme. You can follow me at Chica Supreme on all platforms. And that's Chica with a K, not two Cs. Gianna? I am Gianna Luna. You can follow me at Gianna underscore Luna underscore, and that's Gianna with one N. Across all the social platforms, we want you to join in the beef against Seika High's faculty with us. And also, yes. please send me your Usui Edward Cullen edits, please. Yes. <laughs> I want that scene, that I know what you are scene, please. <laughs> Someone more artistic than me, please make it happen. But okay, that is the episode. So we will see you guys next next Sunday. Yeah, we will see you then. Bye. Bye.